Hello and welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the comedy podcast that analyzes and makes fun of your favorite horror movies. Today we're talking about Alex Garland's 2018 film Annihilation, starring everyone. It's got Natalie Portman, it's got Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, Oscar Isaac, Gina Rodriguez, whose a character was her character was apparently a first responder for ten years, which just seems like insane to me. But here we find ourselves in the shimmer, and by we I mean we are your hosts. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Mary. I'm Rachel. And um, for our icebreaker question today, I just want to know straight up, would you go into the shimmer? Okay, but this is also, keep in mind, so, if, like, given the opportunity, <laughs> how do I word this? Like, if it's like a, co- if we were found ourselves in the super top secret, would never happen, FBI investigation, top secret mission, would we go? Or like, oh, hey, we're in the next village over and we see this thing. And we think that it's bad, should we go in? So you're trying to make the distinction of like, did someone profile me and summon me for this task? Or am I just like, hmm, that looks cool. I'm gonna go poke around in there a little bit. You're asking like which is the well, which, I mean, which yeah. one is it? Not just yeah. like okay. you see it out if it's the latter, that you don't just see it out there like, oh dur, dur, dur. but you've you've seen it <laughs> and you've heard through the grapevine, people who go and don't go. So what you're describing is what we'll call the sandlot scenario. (laughs) Mm -hmm, In that, mm -hmm. you know, like it's now like neighborhood lore. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And when you go, if if when I go inside, if it's neighborhood lore or do you do it if it's neighborhood lore? Yes. Well, since there's no guarantee of a James Earl Jones at the end or a cool dog, (laughs) no. I mean, the same truth of what the shimmer is could be true for both scenarios. But if I'm a kid Mm -hmm. and I have a little bit of like, "Eh, I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's fine. I'm totally going in. But if there's a government involved. I think uh, I would actually be. I feel opposite of that. Yeah. I feel like if it's like my friends who fuck around and they're like, let's go into this haunted house. I'm like, daddy, come pick me up. Yeah. As I have, you know, established many times on the show. But if it's like, so I don't know if y'all have seen the movie Arrival, but like Forrest Whitaker shows up in uniform on her doorstep being like, Mary Kay McBrayer, we need you for this mission. No one else will do. I'll be like, all right, Forrest, let's go. Like, I feel like in that situation, it's different. I would be like, me. if you have Forrest Whitaker, what else do you need? Okay, but <laughs> the brightest minds True. in all the world and all of the governments can't figure it out. I am not competent enough. I'm not. <laughs> Rachel, like, you are underselling yourself. You're coming we to me. We're doomed. Yeah, you know, I feel that if there was some reason that, you know, the greatest minds in the world thought it should be me, then I think I, yeah, I do think I'd be, I'm with Mary Kay. We're like, okay, I'll, I'll go at least if stuff gets weird. I know they're going to send me in with things like guns and rations and whatever. Right. But I do feel Rachel's point very deeply, which is that if you picked me. How smart are you really? Right. Okay. Like, 
I don't. I guess maybe know how to I am just overconfident. Or... Like, I just feel when someone is like, "You're amazing," I'm like, "Thanks," <laughs> and I just believe them because <laughs> I want it to be true. It can't possibly be your trusted government that's motivating this. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> maybe my trust in Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> there you go. I've seen and heard. Well, seen. <laughs> I've heard so many conspiracies in my lifetime that anything re- like involving the government, I'm a little wary of. It's like that rom-com song where it's like, anything could happen, anything could happen, <laughs> but with the government. And, and just yeah. like with um, Kane, like I, I'm going to go in, who's to say that they're going to, you know, not want to drag me back out and do experiments and shit on me. Like, I don't want to get involved. Don't involve me in your shady business, government. No, thank you. What if it were, like, a private mercenary company? Somehow better and worse. How is that that different from Sandlot? That's just Sandlot grown up. No. No, I mean, because (laughs) they, they are still trained. They are still, like, they can still, like, be supportive on your mission. It's just that while... The government will is probably trying to figure out a way to weaponize or make money out of whatever you're doing there. The mercenaries are only motivated by money, which is either a much purer motivation or well, it's not bad. necessarily pure, but you know where they where they stand, like more you know what their priorities are. Yeah, yeah, it's more transparent. So I thought that was going to be a quick question, but true to form, we got thoughts. So. <laughs> Um, I also, like, before we even get into the meat of this episode, I just want to acknowledge that this horror movie is a horror movie for women because there are so many dope women in this movie. And I feel like if someone told me this concept and it was all men, I would not have been that interested because it's like, I've seen that movie, like it's every action movie. But I adore this movie, and I feel like all of the characters are really round. Like, you may not see them a whole lot, but you get, you know, their motivations, you know their personalities, and they're distinct. Like, there's never, like, a placeholder. Like, remember when we were talking about The Descent, the characters got kind of confused? Like, there was one or two that stood out. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like this improved on that concept. So, I also wanted to ask if y'all had a character that you identified with the most. Let's see. Is it terrible if I say Oscar Isaac with the phosphorus grenade? (laughs) No. It's not terrible. It's surprising. uh, You know, I've had a hell of a week, and I saw that, and I was like... I would look really cool going out that way. I don't actually want to harm he myself. He does look really cool. Yeah. That is one of the most uh, like wrenching scenes when you see him explode. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, man. And then he walks out from behind the camera also. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I, By the way, listeners, we're going to spoil this for you. No, yes. I, I more so identify. He was describing that kind of that really like disassociated or, or destabilized yeah. feeling. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I get that. I am not even in the shower. Well, that makes me concerned. That. So we'll we'll talk after this no, to make I'm not sure gonna, that I don't want to hurt myself gonna... at all. Okay. I just, uh, I like I said, I felt that like man, I I could only imagine. It's one thing when life events make you feel destabilized. At least you can point to like True. that's the thing I'm grappling with. That thing is finite. Like someday this will yeah. be over. 
I can't imagine that happening internally. Like your own mind just doing Ugh, that, yeah. or, like with no respect to circumstance, and just having to like when um, yeah, well, like when Jennifer Jason Lee says that that they're disintegrating and it's like the beginning of dementia. I was like, mm, yeah, mm, her performance in this, in she is everything. so, she is just really good at playing deranged characters and she is so good at it and it and she is so fine with it like she is so cunty in this in this movie and so single white femaleing and still so awesome yeah she's uh she's very good what about you guys who did you identify with rachel do you have someone um i could tell you who i don't identify with okay um how do you say her name? Lena? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't identify with Lena in the way that... Um, I do identify with the way that I like, I'll over-sentimentalize things. Mm-hmm. But not to the extent okay. of like, oh, I cheated on my husband um, because my affair kind of pushed him away to the suicide mission. So now I need to go on the suicide mission too because I owe him that. Mm, okay. I I don't I you don't punish yourself for s- stuff that's really not your fault. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's if, a good quality. If anybody I would I think that I, as sad as it is I identify more with Anya in the way that like I'm a mess under a lot of stress so the way to the point to where I don't listen to logic. <laughs> Wait, that's Josie you're talking about, right? No, Tessa Anya. Thompson's character, Anya. It's Anya. How she okay. just, kind of, yeah, like how she just kind of like, she's like, no, there's there was turns nothing into in a human topiary. No, no, no. The, uh, the when she when they watch the video of the guy being cut mm. open, and she's like, no, 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 that uh-huh. wasn't moving, and they're like, we just watched the, the video of it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm her too. And they're like, we'll watch it again. She goes, hell no, you watch it again. I'm not doing that. Right. And then like when things like all fall apart, well, Lena's a liar, so. Um, yeah, I definitely identify with her the most too. So if you're sad, I'm sad. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. I. <laughs> I just love how she put herself in that situation and but she's mad at everyone else for it. Yeah. And I identify with that a lot because you mm. feel so helpless like once you you can't get out. I don't know. I like I really liked that the role that she had of being like the tough girl and then falling apart and the way she spoke also like i was watching this with chase and he would every time she said something he would like point to me and be like that's something you would say mm. like when she's like yeah there are sides like that's yeah <laughs> yeah, that's- <laughs> there's always a sides like there's always a competition yeah, yeah. that's that's a really good point yeah. because um you all you also have like a lot of those strengths none of which i have i just have all of Anya's like fragility in the in her sense of um uh what's the word not strong. Oh no, but y'all are worrying me. Are we okay? No. Are y'all good? No. It's No. It it you know <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that we walk into okay the shimmer as anyone is in this okay. particular country after a year of covid. Okay. You know. I'm just saying under stress, I also yeah 
crumble and become a mess and then turn everything that's already shit even worse. Like, see, but she doesn't make it worse. She rescues them from that bear. Yeah, you know why she had to rescue them from the bear? Because she tied them up. Okay, that's a good point. That was that was really heartbreaking for me to watch. Like, because she has this this she makes this heroic gesture, except that had she just like she woken them, them all up and position. been like, we need to have a conversation, they would yeah. all have been sitting there. And when she tried to run for the door for what was clearly not a living person, they could have been like, no, we're holding you down now. And if the bear had mm-hmm. gotten in anyway, all of them could have picked up a gun. If it weren't for that bear, like, would she would have killed at least one of them, too. I think possibly. Yeah. Uh, also that what's too. funny, Rachel, is that, you know, I thought the the character who reminded me most of you was Josie. Like Mary Kay was saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, like she, she was just really observant and she took a lot in. So yeah. when she, like, when she chimed in, like she, the, she the has the realist. Of, yeah. She, the realist observations, the, yeah. Aww. Yeah. She was, she was so like, un because she wasn't preoccupied with any of the social shit. You know, I she was like, like that. taking that on. And also I was like, if any of the three of us would just like walk into the forest and become a rose bush. The roses would like read my DNA and be like, mm, not this one. Uh. <laughs> you, you get to be a terrifying crocodile bitch. I get to yeah, be I a would rose have, bush. I would absolutely have become a crocodile. I, I get to be, be the bear with half a face. Wonka land <laughs> planet with these scary crocodiles. Yeah. For real though, I mean, Josie, whenever she says something though, everybody is quiet. They listen because she's not, she doesn't talk a whole lot. So when she does, it's like, oh, she has something to say. Like it's yeah. when she's like, I don't want to stay here tonight. Mm-hmm. Like she she made a decision. She found that knife, and she's like, mm, "This is wrong. I don't I don't like this." Yeah, which is what, yeah, which I, is something I can see you doing. I think that maybe, um, at some point in this conversation, we should have a conversation about what we think we would mutate to become. Okay, because <laughs> I have and now that has the whole discussion of the rosebush and the crocodile is now making me like, oh my god. Okay, let me let me sit on that one for a while though. Let's revisit it in a minute. I, I already know. Um, okay. Well, so there's also, I mean, the I feel like the thing that I want to do with movies I like a lot is just list all of the things that are amazing about them. But I feel like, uh, it, and it would be really easy to do with this movie because it's it's mutated right like everything from the plot to the timeline to the characters to and and, and the form imitates its content so it's sort of a fractally spiral Hmm. non-chronological narrative Hmm. that you then have to kind of retread to get it but there is a badass moment in this movie where it clicked for me like oh it's gonna be that kind of movie Mm -hmm. and the moment y'all want to guess what it was Wait, let me think. Okay. It's towards the beginning. It's not the beginning, but it's right. towards the beginning. They're in the Shimmer. Or Area X. Okay, I don't know. 
It's when Natalie Portman just takes a knee and opens fire into that crocodile's yeah. mouth. Where I was like, and they did some, they did, they shot it somehow where like, it looks very much like she's absorbing the recoil of that firearm. And it's just, I was yeah. like, oh shit. Like, did she, did she okay. do her year in the, or her, her tour in the Israeli army? I don't know. I don't think she's Israeli. I mean, I know that she's Israeli, but I don't think that she was still there. Though. Is. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, but I, yeah. Just, just a curiosity. Yeah, I was like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks correct. Um, yeah. That moment for me, not for, like, the badass uh, part of it, but there was a moment where I, because I had never, I've been living under a rock, apparently, because I had never heard of this movie. I haven't seen anything about it. I go into it completely blind. And that moment for me where I was like, okay, it's time for me to buckle in was in the <laughs> very beginning, in the very, very beginning when, um, first of all, it reminds you of like the Russian sleep experiment, um, mm-hmm. creepypasta in the very beginning when they're like, you were in there for so long. If you only mm-hmm. had stuff to keep you going for a few days. But the moment for me where I was fall in was when Kane was telling her about when he came back mm-hmm. and he said he was outside and she's like oh you're outside the house he was like no I was outside the room with the bed and mm-hmm. all like from right then I knew okay this movie is going into a different dimension this is like some interstellar bullshit I'm ready for it and then also he said he it, sorry in that moment he says the room with the bed instead of saying bedroom, bedroom. Yeah. so i knew right away something was something was wrong you know how else i knew something was wrong is that she was painting over that blue with white what the fuck <laughs> why would you do that she wanted the light to bounce around the room more more efficiently she wants uh. to put some plants in there so she wanted to make sure that she's getting as much light indirectly as possible mm. Um, okay. the, the moment that for me was like, oh, damn, I'm going to love this was when there was that scene towards the beginning and Oscar Isaac had his shirt off. <laughs> I love that. Gotta love that. Very Wait, easy to please. Uh, Kane. Kane. Do you, have you not seen anything else with Oscar Isaac? He, wasn't he in a show that was like kind of apocalyptic and then it got canceled? <laughs> Probably. He, he so was much. in Star Wars. Oh, that guy. That's why he looks familiar. <laughs> yeah. I'm he sorry. was like, he was so charming and lovable in Star Wars that we all eh. forgot Harrison Ford existed. Eh. <laughs> he's like the Harris. He's like the, you know, when they do like a new high school musical, he's like the new, whatever the, the lead's name was in that. It's like, eh. What? <laughs> Nothing I'm saying is making sense. I am so sorry. I just, well, first of all, it is absolutely baffling to me that anyone could watch Oscar Isaac do absolutely anything for more than 60 seconds and be anything but hopelessly in love. He's amazing. Secondly, 
I don't know that the high southern school... The Southern accent is on point. Yeah. I don't know that high school musical yeah. is a particularly meaningful reference for this crowd. Um, could you make it something wasn't older? wasn't Zac Efron? Because he was also Pretty Boy at the beginning, and then he has some chops. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that, I and think now what, I do. Okay, Rachel, correct me if I'm wrong. I think what you were saying is that there was a new iteration of High School Musical that didn't have all the original cast in it. What I was saying is that this was the uh, signature select brand of Harrison Ford. Hard disagree. <laughs> I mean, hard Like, disagree. some people would say, eh, it's about the same. No, it's not the same. I have... Never disagreed with you more strongly in my <laughs> life. Usually, I think you are brilliant and perfect, but I have seen Ex Machina and I have seen, uh, you know, Llewellyn I'm Davis, sorry. and he's just, he just... he's just delight. Yo, he speaks Spanish on screen sometimes. Ooh, I can't. He's Guatemalan. Actually, no, one of his parents is Cuban, too. I mean, Ooh, he's and all, but. And he can sing. Okay, new question. Is this movie scary? Yes. 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 If you say yeah. no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, because you know one of my criteria is could it happen to me, right? And I think that's very unlikely. That said, I did find myself really engaged and very tense and like the, the, these like really violent scenes were like very upsetting. Like it was a scary movie. It's just that this is one of those movies that once it was done, I was like, huh, as opposed to like, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. You okay. Know? All right. So have you heard the NASA conspiracy theory? Which one? Okay. Enlighten me. Yeah, there's, there's a few, but there's ones um, that, are, that are gaining some popularity now. So the fact is that um, NASA originated, like originally was supposed to be exploring the ocean. Hmm. Now it's exploring the sky, and there's mm-hmm. like this cute little thing that people on the internet are like, I wonder why. It seems like maybe they have found things in the ocean, and that's why they're looking to go somewhere else because there's something really terrifying. So let's get the. Fu- and there's also, I mean, that's like a stretch, and I understand. Um, but the ocean is very scary. And there was it another totally horrifying, yeah. another conspiracy, which is even more far-fetched. But there's a conspiracy that that might be why there's so much pollution, that it's not accidental, that it's something that is a problem that we don't want to fix because there's something so scary. It's making it inhospitable for whatever. You know, my, my impulse is to say, well... Actually, technologically, it was easier to go to the moon than it was to go to the depths of the ocean, especially, you know, at the time that all this was happening. Like, we've only very recently done things like capture a giant squid on camera or, you know. Yeah, that was banana. So scary. (laughs) Science is scary. No, you know, that's the point that I'm I'm trying to make is that science is very scary because things are excuse me changing all the time you know and there are all of these very scary creatures that we don't see on the surface a whole lot that are super scary and super dangerous 
Um, so some of these creatures that are like obviously not real and, and alien, sure. But I think that's really just an exaggeration of our reality. Like going into an environment we don't belong, like the ocean or space, and encountering something that's going to kill us or change mm-hmm. our environment. Yeah. So, I mean, the Area X does feel like space ocean. It's yeah. very bizarro world. I made the note that it was an outer space movie that never leaves Earth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, by yeah. going into the Shimmer, because they... That is the threshold-crossing equivalent of going into mm-hmm. space or going to the deep ocean in that they have entered alien territory. Um, mm-hmm. Which, at the time, I was just using as a phrase, and then, of course, there are actual... Yeah, so this monster creature, the alien It's like a humanoid doppelganger. gas puddle. It's like a humanoid gas puddle. Yeah, um, Jace called it the duct tape lady. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's not Doug Jones. It's uh, Kristen McGarity, and she's a dancer. And as soon as I learned she was a dancer, I was like, that makes sense. Because Mm -hmm. her her movements are so pristine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why and it that that me scene is very freaky. It is a long scene, and it is very well done. I thought it reminded. That's why it reminded me of a Sia music video. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I actually was getting um, from us that vibe yeah. of fighting yourself. Um, which brings me to the doppelganger section of the horror trope. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. I hate, hate, hate the Uncanny Valley Natalie Portman when the alien starts to turn into her Mm -hmm. and she's all blurry like she's a watercolor painting. Hate that so bad. And that bear looked like that too. It looked like... The deer? No, the bear. The bear, yes. All smudged up like you tried to do a contour line drawing with your eyes shut. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The bear and her, they look like they came out of the illustrations of that book, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yes, Mm -hmm. bitch. Yes. That is apt. Yeah. (laughs) An astute observation. (laughs) I I watched this during the daytime and I was like, oh no, I've made a grave error because (laughs) it's a really dark movie. So I was like, I think that bear is gross. But I'll never know. I like, don't think that the movie is that dark. I think it's right up there with like Jaws and Midsummer. No, no I meant like the bright. actual light level. I know, me too. No, really? I thought it was both. Like, like yeah, it, it has a range. When it comes, especially like when it comes to crea- creationism, it really freaked me out in the way that I think creationism and science goes so hand in hand sometimes. Like, it's an alien movie, but at the same time, when you think about, like, the dinosaurs or, like, the Big Bang, it was, like, a something natural, but also uh, supernatural that was happening. Yeah. So, like, when she was looking at the science of it, you know, what what's that, any, how is that really any different from evolution? It's just sped up, or it's just rebranded. Mm-hmm. How is, so, how are we just not the dinosaurs being 
annihilated. Yes. Yeah. So there's there were three big thematic elements that I kind of took away. Um, one, which we're, we're on the edge of dis- we we are discussing, but through the word doppelgangers instead of the way I phrased it, was the like the id or the shadow self. All of these people like confronting their confronting their choices, confronting the ways in which they do self-destruct or cause others harm and that that tie to impulse right that jennifer jason lee brings up that that we don't do these things because we actually want to suffer we we often don't understand why we do them like it's Mm -hmm. it seems to be hardwired into us to be this self-destructive um Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's the id, the shadow self, and then actual self-destruction as a theme in and of itself, right? How many of these people are... There's so many moments where someone is so clearly doing something detrimental, basically, to them, Mm -hmm. directly to themselves, uh, and chasing it with everything they've got. And then finally is cancer and the way it functions. And as like you're saying, Rachel, that, you know, this is, this may be alien, but it's also natural and it's doing what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And apparently what it's supposed to do is reproduce at such a shocking rate that those right. mutations happen at a shocking rate so that it's like the sped up evolution, except that the evolution doesn't have some kind of like stasis point. They're just going to keep transforming constantly. Yeah. Right. And then when she, when they're interviewing her in the end and they're like, well, what did it want? And she's like, I don't think it wanted anything. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, being it was just it was just like us it's just coming into being like okay here i am but their their way of creation even if it was like the process is is being controlled by aliens the fact is what the product of it is just creation they didn't ask for it to happen it's just they're there so I want to build on the point that y'all are making about it being somewhat natural, but also very destructive because the whole premise comes from the cancer cells, right? which um, continue to mutate and um, not really evolve because that takes usually generations for us to consider something of evolving, mm-hmm. but um, they're mutating in the same person as they divide and um, the when I first saw them in the classroom, I was like, wow, what a nice multicultural college classroom. And then she does not say Henrietta Lacks's name, which is the cells that she's talking about on the projector. She's, she's reading The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks later. Right. Uh, but that does not really <laughs> uh, make up for the fact that she had a classroom full of malleable minds. Yeah. And she did not yeah. share this vital information. And she also didn't share that it was medicalized torture, not cells taken from a patient. And there was no consent whatsoever. And, there, and she had and no her, idea. She never knew. She died not knowing. Then she cells of hers are still alive. In conclusion, read The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Listeners will link to it in the show notes. You won't regret it. It's amazing um, and, and horrifying. But so that's kind of the premise that we're building on, right, At, with the... Area X is like it's just mutating and refracting at an accelerated rate. And that is very scary because that does happen to humans. Um, On a long enough timeline, it will happen to everyone statistically. If if something else doesn't kill us first, we're all going to die of cancer eventually. What the? Because that's how, mm -hmm, that's how senescence works. That's how aging happens is like 
you know, your cells eventually forget what they're doing and they, they make a mistake. So if you just don't happen to have a stroke or heart attack first or die of old age, well, you can die of old age without having had it, right? You just didn't yeah, live long Yeah, you can die enough. of anything without having had it. Just on a long enough timeline, right. statistically, had, everyone will get it. If we all lived And infinitely. you can survive it. I should have, I should have said that. On a long enough timeline, everyone will get cancer. Jesus. They won't necessarily die from it because some are treatable and some are not. Anyway. That is actually, as dark as Rachel and I were being at the beginning, that is the worst thing that has been said today. I thought we were coming out of the long, dark winter. You got to go deeper to get out. (laughs) Into the crevasse. they say in the movie. Into the crevasse. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Mary Kay's wit is so unmatched and underappreciated. Anyway. Thanks. Speak for yourself. It's the only thing I like. (laughs) That and when Muppets present at award shows. (laughs) Um, So building on the, the trope of this cancer that applies to everything, not just cells and not just one type of cell uh, or not just one species of cell. Right. Um, They say that they've been sending expeditions in for years. And um, at the beginning, Anya says, well, we, 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 it either kills them or they go crazy and kill each other. And it's kind of both because they're becoming part of the place. Yeah. Rather than keeping their own identity, which is, which is pretty scary. Um, And that's how the doppelgangers come around, but they're not really you. So like at the end, when Lena says, you're not really Kane, are you? And Kane says, I don't, I don't think so. Are you Lena? Like neither of them really knows. And that's scarier than having a double is not knowing whether you're the double. Mm -hmm. So, so Yeah. So self-destruction is not really self-destruction if you don't have any boundary of self. On the other hand, everything is too, because it just is kind of unfolding. And we have a really beautiful visual representation of that when Lena goes into the cave and watches um, Ventress's performance where she doesn't have eyes and then she does. Mm -hmm. That scene was dark enough that I I did not... I'm glad you verified that for me because that scene, like the lighting itself was dark enough. That I was like, does she not have eyes? And then when she suddenly did, I was like, oh no. So I it's mutating her it. in the moment. No, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I think that's what what we're okay. supposed but to I, see. I saw that correctly. Cool. Unclear. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you did in that you you second guess yourself because that's what all of them are doing while they're in there too. Um, so it's like three lines, and the, it's the best performance in the whole movie. I think is when she's sitting in her cloud light. And she says, it's unlike us. I don't know what it wants. I don't know if it wants. Yes. Um, and the the character, I mean, like, we're all writers here, but if you don't have a character's motivations, you can't understand them. Like, if you don't know what they want or why they want it, it's unfathomable to us because it's so ingrained in our nature. And that, to me, is, like, real scary. Of being like, so something is trying to destroy me, or maybe it just is, and it's not meaning to, but it's also convincing me to destroy myself, right? And then she vomits light, and then it turns into this beautiful sort of folding in and out mushroom amalgam Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Which I think is maybe the only effect that's not going to hold up in 10 years. Like, everything else, the practical effects of, yeah. like, Cain cutting open that man's abdomen yeah. and the intestines, like, snaking over his Yo, hand. That was, that was so scary. That was, yeah, that, was, that was scary. That, I was joking yeah. about Oscar Isaac earlier, but... That is the actual moment that I was like, oh, it's going to be that fucking movie? Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Because, like, gore already uh. is is something that I don't think is scary. I think it's gross. So I was kind of, like, doing, like, the whole behind yeah. the fingers thing. But then when it showed that, because it's not even, like, gore. It's so on another realm. And it's so disturbing. Right. Like, something, like, when it comes to... It's not even like bodily horror at that point. No, it's, it, it's like it's scientific. Yeah, it's like here, here's what we're experiencing. You need to see documenting it. Documenting the situation. We're documenting it. It's inside yeah. of you. That and is he's fucking awake, terrifying. Yeah. And then in the end, when Kane is saying, I think it was Kane. He was saying, his skin is like liquid. Yeah. yeah. And then his fingerprints are changing. The fingerprints are changing, and she's yeah. seeing the move. That, to, mm no, no, <laughs> this movie is scary. My, it is, my, the most beautiful and scary thing in the movie is when they realize they're looking at the man who had the intestines like that, and he's all the way modern-arted up the wall. Did that With, like, not, his skull way up here. Did that not remind you of Midsommar? Yeah. Just in the way that. Because it's, it's beautiful and scary and so flowering and it's yes <laughs> and it's also like it just kind of appears and we're and they just kind of look at it like we're just gonna we're just gonna ignore this right like we're just gonna ignore this yeah he's bear still wearing his watch yeah like it's just okay i want to yeah. touch on something right quick which is that we are we're using the word destruction a lot or that it's destructive like whatever this entity is and i think that's something i i kind of went back and forth on as I watched and I thought, man, I think fundamental, like the most accurate term is not even destructive. It's transformative. Yeah. In the process of transformation, it can, it, 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 it transforms this thing, thing X to thing Y thing X is gone. Thing X is Mm -hmm. like annihilated. It is destroyed, but there is something else. And then the question is, is thing Y actually just thing X, but a little bit changed, or is it something totally different? And then that's that's where you land with Mary Kay and the doppelgangers at the end, yeah. saying that they don't they don't have those kind of boundaries of self. Um, and that kind of helped me. That kind of helped me process it because you know I, we've watched so much so much gore, so much violence, like that fucking bear just like raging everybody, and. Then Josie just wanders into a field and becomes a rosebush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, "Let's talk about how we need to have an annihilation themed botanical garden with human topiaries. Yes. That would be dope." I yes. will probably not go to that thing. I found the topiaries to be frightening. Oh, for sure. That's why I want to go. Oh, okay, but I think that, like, I think they're also really. I think they're, I think they themselves are really beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. and also a lot of the things that they found to be very beautiful. And I think that's, that's what makes this movie also scary to me is that there is like a reality in its foundation that evolution is just as like, 
when it plays out, like predators become better, but at the same time, you know, um, prey get better at camouflage. You know, you just see these yeah. differences that are both good and bad, and that's just what nature is. And you, this bear take it on this this parrot ability to parrot the sounds of its victims. That's Ugh. fucking terrifying. But that's well, it's because he he bit her throat out. Yeah, but he should be able to mimic the sound like that, like a parrot. Like but he, but he, but he is, or she, whatever the gender. But the it bear is. is doing that, and that's what nature is. They adapt and they they take on new forms, and that's why I'm just like, I'm scared of everything now. Was <laughs> that a mic drop I heard? <laughs> the screaming, the screaming bear was one of the other things I found really deeply upsetting. That yeah. because. That's the thing, right? So cancer is cancer because the initial mutation that causes the cell to never stop dividing means that it's now creating an exponential number of possibilities for those cells to develop mutations themselves, right? Like mm-hmm. if, you, if you're making right. one cell at a time, you have one opportunity. If you're making a thousand at a time, you have a thousand opportunities. So it's more likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why incest is bad. <laughs> that's what we're going to call Just this. saying it is. You didn't do no Punnett squares? You know how this shit goes. I love to Punnett square. I like to do the really complicated one. I rocked genetics in high school. I loved it so much. Um, Girl, Punnett squares are my bitch. Mm -hmm. Got that hybrid vigor. Hybrid vigor. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, like that, that screaming bear thing, it, uh, it troubled me so much that, because, you know, like we do have, there are creatures that can like mimic human speech, mm-hmm. but they don't, like a parrot still sounds like a parrot talking most mm-hmm. of the time, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. creatures that can do that still, they don't necessarily sound all that accurate. Yeah. And while it did still sound somewhat distorted, there was something happening to her voice. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking, like he was not able to Mm-mm recreate human speech he just opened his mouth and activated his voice and that's what came out yeah yeah i was like uh, i don't even i can't even begin to think how that could be possible genetically and right i hate it so yep that bear came straight out of silent hill very unpleasant its head was shaped wrong right its head was shaped wrong right it was like, yeah. like we were talking about, like it wasn't like fully caved formed. in. It looks like a like an and ant eater look- nose. It's like yeah. too long. Okay, mm-hmm. and again, like, that that scene is pretty dark, and I was like, maybe um, not. it is. You're and right. another thing about that bear, and I know animals and and bears too have have you know killed not for food, um, but for sake of territory and protection. But when you see Shepherd's but it was Shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. When you see Shepherd's body, she does she's not mauled. She's not torn apart. There's very little like damage actually done to her. So for a creature to go out looking for them when they're not even near its space, but they went that bear went for them and then not even eat it or not even maul it. It, it. it just seemed, it just seemed so 
Like a pointless death. Right. You know what I thought, you know what it felt like to me was, uh, it was a very poor, unfortunate soul situation. Like, it won't cost much, just your voice. Like, <laughs> like it, it. Oh, God. It found new genetic information, and it is inherently attracted to that new genetic information. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, like, okay. like, as soon as Josie starts handling a plant, it starts growing the fuck out of her skin. Right? Yeah. So, I, mm-hmm. And we see in the lighthouse that it is looking for your specific genetic information. It's trying to, like, absorb, become, use somehow. So I thought that might be why the bear was tracking them down. Not that it was going to eat them, but because it was going to absorb them. Collage them. So I want to talk about lighthouses. Yes. They are so spooky. And I think it's maybe because they're essential, but also desolate. So you have, like, your isolation contributing to the fact that you're doing something very important if you're a lighthouse keeper. Mm -hmm. And that can be a lot of pressure. And while I was watching this, I was at Chase's house. He has two roommates. And in the, you know, like, in the before the title card, it shows the lighthouse being like attacked or shot or something by this beautiful unicorn firework situation. Mm -hmm. And one roommate goes, what? Why would you destroy that beautiful lighthouse? And then with 40 minutes left in the movie, the other roommate came in, microwaved spaghetti, and sat directly behind me and ate it. So... So the whole but also, spaghetti what makes the lighthouse tree, is spooky. <laughs> the spaghetti tree element of the lighthouse. It pissed me off. Pleasant. Why would you do that? What is wrong with you? This is why I live alone. <laughs> um, everybody gets on my nerves on a long enough timeline. Everybody gets on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, you know, and also I think it's it's meaningful that lighthouses signify danger. Like the entire point of having the lighthouse is because the water immediately around it like you you need to know where to go because there is danger between you and that light right right you know um mm-hmm. so i think that that's that's got to be part of it too like the isolation and identity issues of isolation combined yeah. with the like i'm going to flash a bright light so you know how close you are to death yeah I think lighthouses really are the beacon of psychedelic horror. And mm-hmm. we should do the lighthouse one day. That's what I was going to say. We live tweeted it. And, and yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say, I don't think we did an episode on it, but it feels like mm-hmm. we did because of that live tweet. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It was fun. Anything lighthouse related always turns like, psycho horror or like a psycho thriller like people just lose their marbles even when stanley says on the office i have a dream Mm -hmm. i own a decommissioned lighthouse and i live at the top and there's a button i can press that launches that lighthouse into space (laughs) yeah Anyone who wants that level of isolation is like maybe time to maybe time to consider. Time to retire. I mean, he does get that level of isolation just down in the swamp where they have to give him his mail by pontoon boat. 
Oh my gosh, it had to have been nutso. It, yes, it please. It really was. Um, and I have had a lot of Boston apocalyptic dreams, like very vivid ones. Um, and and especially now, right since they're doing the um, the trial mm-hmm. and yeah. everything else mm-hmm. now on top of the trial happening in Minnesota. I had a dream that as a direct effect of that, um, not there was like the same kind of perimeter as Shimmer. Like we were living in the Shimmer, but it was like reality, but like none of like the weird stuff. There was just like this weird perimeter that was mm-hmm. now our, real, our new reality that we lived in like perimeters like this. And I was in the Boston one and there's like this locomotive kind of think of like a like a like an elevator in a garage that that's how you go around the city and that's how you get anywhere and that's how everybody has to like use the it matrix every day. yeah and it looks like an elevator and it's how you get around and there was a man who like took over it on the same like shaft that I was on and shut down like him and his group shut down all of Boston and just just went and like oh my gosh open fired everywhere like and the the whole perimeter was like shut down so you couldn't leave that was my dream after this movie that's terrible <laughs> nope just no <laughs> um speaking of terrible endings how do y'all reconcile the way this movie ended like what happened at the end? I straight up wrote down, I am too dumb for this ending. <laughs> I was like, I don't... I don't know what my well, takeaway so is supposed to we be know here. That, we know that he isn't Kane. Right. He's the other thing. The doppel, yeah. But she is who she is. But I think the reason she has that eye color change is because he is... He has that cancer cell in him, so he still has that ability outside the shimmer, mm. even outside the shimmer, to change. Even though he's better, because the lighthouse and all of that burnt down is done, but he still has, he's not human, he, or he's not the original right. human. He, His cells have, are different, mm-hmm. and they're changing hers by contact. Okay, I can buy that. Because I I remember in the theater being like, wait, what? And when her eyes shimmer at the end, because I was like, no, she got away. She got away. And I think she did, but only for a second. Yeah. Like you said. But I have to say that that's not my original idea because I was watching it and Justin, our editor, um, who was also my roommate, he was like, are you watching Annihilation? I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh can I watch it with you I'm like yeah so when we finished and he's seen it a whole bunch of times he was like I'm still confused but then right before he walked away at the end he goes or though then again he has all those cancer cells so he's probably just changing her right and I'm like you're a genius well I thought you know they she says um relatively early in the movie that she tested her blood and she knows it's it's in her too so yeah. I thought they were oh. kind of absorbing, like, they were, it was a symbiotic thing. Oh, okay, That, yeah. like, 
he may be gleaning elements of her, including like memories that will help him be more cane. Mm-hmm. And then she's gleaning something from him that actually, so they're, they're kind of meeting in the middle. He's bringing her closer to the oil puddle people and she's bringing him closer to humanity. The oil puddle people. That's what it looks like the way a gas looks on the ground. I love that. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was beautiful. I just thought that, that that was just such a gorgeous, gorgeous creature. But, um, so much about this movie is beautiful that I think the acoustic guitar is exactly wrong. Right. Like that the was beginning like, score. I was like, what is that? Ha- uh-uh. Meets like the Hurt Locker <laughs> slash aliens. Yeah. But I loved the score at the end, though. I agree. Like when it got into that really yeah. cool synth shit while she was like yeah. in the lighthouse itself, I was like, that's mm-hmm. what this is supposed to sound like. Yes. Which I think is then a good example of us kind of taking that journey of the thing transforming. And while there is nothing wrong with guitar music, when you hear the right thing, you're like, oh, that's what we've been trying to get to. Yeah. And it, uh, it's, I don't know if I hadn't had that experience with it. If it had ended with guitar music too, I might've been like, eh, I might've scored that differently. That's very different from thinking, eh, I don't know if it was on, on brand or the right tone. Mm-hmm. And there is a specific thing this needs to become. And until it gets there, it's not going to fit quite right. Um, So I wondered, I don't know if that was a deliberate thing, but I definitely had that same reaction of, yes, this is, this is right. This is what this should sound Mm -hmm. like. And I immediately thought like, oh, we had to get here. Like a bunch of Um, other stuff had to happen for us to like earn this. Mm Mm-hmm this music that makes the most sense for what's going on. Um, so did you guys at all think about what you would have transformed to be? Cause I know exactly. Yeah. I mean, apparently I'm turned into a rose bush. I, I'm not mad about it. I want to, I want to be a, um, a lion, but with octopus tentacles. Why? Why would you, I would why? be, I, I would be a shark with bird legs. <laughs> and I would meow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I have one. One that I would want to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would want to be a giant bear. And when I say giant, I mean like five stories. Okay. And the Ooh. reason I am so up there in the sky is because I'm on these even more gi- like huge ass spider legs. Nope. Because I saw it in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> and that bear with the spider legs was crawling up the Appalachia Mountains. Oh if my gosh. that's what you're going to do, then I will have to become a rosebush because I cannot be present for that. <laughs> I just can't. Um, and our other closing question, we've had two openers and two closers, and that is the exactly right thing to do for this episode about this movie. <laughs> um, so, Rachel, you had another closing question. Okay. But can I, can I tell them about your dad or do you? Oh yeah, I can tell, I can tell that part. And then, so, um, earlier today, my dad went to the hospital with kidney stones again. And I, 
you know, I'm freaked out a little bit because you, you always, you never really know that that's that until after you get out of the hospital, you know. So I'm texting Mary and Rachel, like, I'm a little bit freaked out. My dad has kidney stones. And then, you know, as soon as he was okay, it was funny. So I took a picture of it, of the kidney stone that he passed, and it looks like a tiny booger. And Rachel said immediately, (laughs) you just typed so many letters in a row. It was all consonants. (laughs) You're like, I don't want to look. What did I say? She hated it. I don't remember. (laughs) It was like the name of a town in Poland. Just all consonants. (laughs) Oh, no. It was... um... But it was because... Um, oh, yeah, it was not a microscope, I straight first, up lied. Oh, first, Mary Kay said they looked under a microscope, and it... It was, though. We, we When we got it under a microscope, this is verbatim, it was all spiky. You know spiky. what I'm talking about, those little round things? The word was spiky. Like those things you step on barefoot outside. Yeah. Um, And I said... That's when I went, ugh, and I did all of the the letters on my keyboard. No. Ouch. And then she has the audacity to correct herself because apparently it wasn't a microscope. It was a magnifying glass, which is so much worse. Well, okay, so he, he had actually only hurt him when it was in his kidney. After that, he was fine. So at least that, um... Okay. It was, yeah, it was, it was scary, but he was, he, he was feeling much better when I left and he, he was excited. Like he put it in a little baggie on a sheet of paper so you could see behind it like a specimen. And then he labeled it Jim, April 15th, 2021. <laughs> wow. This is Kidney diamond. <laughs> this is my least favorite conversation we've ever had. That's the very roundabout way of explaining our closer question um, as a, a way of saying, what's a very real bodily thing you could not handle? For example, a kidney stone with these very gross spikes on them. So you mean like the idea of it? Yeah. Like yeah. it's just, ugh. yeah, for me it's LASIK. What's that? Like the like LASIK the eye laser surgery? surgery for your eyes. Oh, they like yeah. pop your eyeball out a little. And then cut into it. Yeah, no. Yeah, so these things that not, I mean, I don't want to say they're uncommon because they are common, but not Mm -hmm. for everybody. There's a lot of people who say, oh, I can never do that. Or, oh, I hear about kidneys. Oh, I can never do a kidney stone. I don't know. I've had straight up drains hanging out the sides of my body, filling up with my internal fluids. So I, I, you know, whatever is fine, I guess. Oh, I know what I couldn't handle. Um, Spontaneously losing teeth. There we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, ooh. Good one. Teeth. Yeah, teeth are... mm. I could not handle passing a tapeworm. Ooh, ooh, that's (laughs) a good one. Like, I've heard... I'm sure it's not that common. Like, the horror stories I heard, I'm sure they're exaggerated and super not common. But... I've heard some very disturbing things that just gives me nightmares. Did you read My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix? No. Okay. Well, if you can't handle a tapeworm, do not no, read that mm-mm. book. I'm done. It's a really good book, though. Um, y'all remember Grady? He was it on was our... So um, wild. Yeah. The Hunger episode. Untamable. That, that yeah. was a roller coaster. <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
Yeah, my closest experience with the tapeworm was when Buster had one. And I don't really remember. I mean, it was like when he had, it took my, a while for me to realize that he had it. But once he got the meds, he just like suddenly was better and fine. Like, I don't remember there being like some dramatic passing process. So I wonder why it would be different for a dog. That's something for me to look up on my own later. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of later, up next, we are yeah. doing an episode about ginger snaps. Most Ooh. exciting. We'll be talking about Ginger Snaps, the uh, 2000 movie directed by John Fawcett. I'm very excited to get into some good old fashioned turn of the century horror. And joining us will be a friend of the show, internet personality, gorgeous human. Real queen of horror. The real queen of horror, Zena Dixon. You may remember her from our Candyman episode. We're excited to have her back. So please don't stop listening to us because we talked so much about kidney stones. (laughs) Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. wanted to hear the story of the time that Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine's kid had a two-hour-long tantrum that drove generations of their family to weep? Or maybe the story of SNL's Bobby Moynihan's kid, who found random pizza in a playground sandbox and ate it? If so, you should check out Why Mommy Drinks, a weekly comedy podcast where I, Betsy Stover, talk to interesting people like Richard Jefferson from the NBA or Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend about a time that their kids broke them down into a shell of their former selves or maybe even drove them to drink, but in a fun way. If you have kids, this show will make you feel less alone. And if you don't have kids, you're going to be so glad you don't have kids. Listen on Campfire Media, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. My mommy drinks. Campfire.